Hey there, film fans. I'm Jeff. I'm Dave. And I'm John. And welcome back to The Love of Cinema, a pod in which we'll challenge one another to discuss movies, both new and old, with a strictly positive critical eye. That's right. And to keep us positive, we are making this a drinking game. Yeah. So anytime we say anything negative about a film, you're going to hear this sound. <clears throat> and that means that we are having a drink. We hope you drink along with us, people. So pour yourselves a glass and we're going to give it up for some Oscar picks and right. some Hollywood dirty tricks. I don't know. We're, we're playing the drinking game. We're going to oh, try no. and keep this positive. Yeah. For friends uh, and fans of the show, we have been watching a lot of Oscar movies. Not lot. all of them, but a good chunk, especially in all of the, the big awards that you might expect. We've seen all of them, I think, by this point. Uh, some of them we had to rent. Uh, many yeah. of them actually came out in 2021, but we are here. The Oscars are coming up next Sunday, April 25th, 2021. If you're seeing this in the future or hearing this in the future, let us know how we did. We will know. But let's go. Yeah. Before we get into our Oscar special with picks, what we want, what we think is going to happen, let's go ahead and give our people some shout outs. John. Shout out, shout outs. We have a beer sponsor. His name is Carlos Barozo. His handle is Cbarozo Bar 2019. That is C B A R R O Z O B A R 2019. It's on Instagram. Give him a follow. And if you're digging the music in this episode and every single episode, you know who it is. Made by the artist Dasein. That's Dasein. D A S E I N. If you're digging it, you can go to SoundCloud.com forward slash Dasein dash artist, and you can download all the music for free. Go hit it up, people. And as always, if you could please like us, love us, review, subscribe, all the things, share. We really would appreciate it. The handle is at the love of cinema pod on all the platforms except for Twitter. It's just at the love of cinema there. Please, please, please hit us up. We will really get back to you and we would really appreciate the traction. Yeah. All right. Well, we are going to get into the Oscars. The Oscars this year dominated by a couple films. Yeah. We got... Everybody thought it would be spread out a little bit because of the weirdness of 2020 and just how many films were just getting kind of dumped at the end of the year. They thought there'd be a lot of variation, but just like every other year, you have about five or six films just totally just sucking up all the nominations. Mank is 10. You've got Judas with six. You've got Nomadland with six. You've got Trial of the Chicago 7 with six. You've got Sound of Metal with six. You've got Minari with six. And you got The Father with six. Six is a magic number here. Yeah. Plus Promising Young Woman with five. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom with five. News of the World four. Those are not the only great films that happened this year. But anyway, we are going to go through them. We've seen all these I'm, movies. I'm We're going to get pretty pissed picks. Invisible Man didn't get a shout. I mean, uh, there are, oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean that, that basically didn't happen this year because it happened in February. Of 20, yeah, so. <laughs> uh, and Ben Affleck's still bummed about the way back. But anyway, before we get into our picks, let's just quickly keep you up to date. Have you guys watched anything else now that we don't we didn't have to watch any more films this past week for this <laughs> podcast? Did you did you soak it in? What would you do, Dave? Oh, yeah, I soaked it in. I, I, I call it uh, Crimson Peak. Uh, very recently, uh, watched that uh, again. I was into Falcon and Winter Soldier, and Disney really went there this week. I was very impressed with the content this week. Um, probably my second favorite episode after the week before. Uh, nice. Nice. And I hit the absolute. It's going to be an absolute classic, cult classic, guys on on Netflix. Uh, Nick Cage in Jujitsu. I was so excited. I saw this film that I immediately texted both these guys and John actually thought I was serious and sat down and watched this piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, honestly, seriously. You know what, though? 
probably ever see the trailers for this when this came out. And I thought it was going to be another, you know, just hilarious <laughs> Nick Cage watch. This one was almost unbearable, you guys. This <laughs> thing was <laughs> this hey. one, this is really bad. It was uh, terrible. What I mean, get drunk, roll your spliff, people. do whatever you want to do, have fun. You know, I still laughed. Uh, it's just there is a better cut of jujitsu somewhere on a cutting room floor somewhere. A faster <laughs> put together cut. You know what the best part about hey. this movie is, though? What the hell, guys? <laughs> Nick Cage. I'm just pausing you preemptively now. <laughs> Nick Cage shines like Polaris he in this fucking does. thing. He is clearly the best actor in this movie. Like, he is what, you see, it, you see him for like two seconds. <laughs> the, he did apparently he did all of his shooting in like five days or something when he was done it was it was like he took he took up a fifth of their budget to get him in this film but it's it really is like a 90 minute stunt reel which normally you know it's it's it, hardcore henry did it better yeah some really but, bold bold choices in how they filmed some of the fights they each have kind of a dramatic like a different unique uh, version of cinematography in each fight i'm not saying it worked and every that's time, but it was it. cool that's all there that's is, it. Folks. That really is uh, but there nicholas is. the second nick cage hits the screen it's it scene still becomes a better film <laughs> yeah uh, and you can say that about uh that was that was it for me okay i also watched i think two weeks ago uh or yeah maybe last week but maybe two weeks ago ken burns dropped on pbs his uh ernest hemingway four-part mm. docuseries which i finished and i really enjoyed it complicated interesting intense man i love ken burns definitely worth checking out on the pbs app you can uh pay what you want i think to join to be able to stream there because it's public television so definitely hit that up if you're yeah. a documentary fan pretty cool throw him some love yeah yeah uh i rewatched some episodes of broadchurch i already seen grad school sucks don't do it people first, all right first season first season first season <laughs> yeah um <laughs> Grad school sucks. Don't do it, people. <laughs> All right. That's, that's for ruining the youth of America. That's right. Get, let's get into it, people. It is time for oh our God. Oscar picks. There are a lot of huge storylines, but rather than try to, to throw them at you now, you know, if you're following them, if you're paying attention since nominations, you know what they are. But we'll do it category by category. Our categories are going to be a little sporadic. We're going to start with some big ones, then we're going to end up coming back to Best Director and Picture. So please hang on to see if we think that Nomadland is on shaky ground and might have a last-minute parasite moment where one movie comes out of nowhere to, to take the mantle and the momentum away from Nomadland for Director and, and Picture. I'm, I'm still undecided on a couple of these, so I'm going to be like... Yeah. Yeah. That's for, cool. we, um, we are, just to be clear, we did not look at Las Vegas for this. So um, mm. even though we've been, I, I've been following, I'm sure you guys have been following some of the other awards. They're all a little sporadic anyway this year. So rather than try to let Vegas decide for us and then pretend like, oh my God, how did I win 20 of these? We just left that off to the side and we're going with our gut. It's going to be somewhat of a combination of who we think should win versus who we think will win. But you'll see it. We're going to start with cinematography visual effects, then some acting categories. We're going to go one by one. Stay on board. Fellas, we're going to fill out our picks first. And yes. then we're going to discuss one at a time. That's how we're going to do it. We have not shared this with each other. Are you ready to officially get our Oscar special going? Let's yes. put our money where the beer is. All right. <laughs> so we're going to start with cinematography. Dave, this is your account. So I'm yes. excited to see. Are you guys ready? Here we go. Cinematography. Yes. Anonymous Ooh. Coyote. Who the fuck is Anonymous Coyote in our shared document? <laughs> All right, here we go. Um, oop, I almost just put a border in instead of filling out my number. Oh, we're doing X's. Okay. I do X's. All right. We know Who this. Wants, we, it's established. Wow. This is crazy. Not too shocking, I guess. We have a three-way tie. We agree. Yeah. 
everybody everybody picked Nomadland. All right. Yeah. I think wow. well, and so uh, who else? Who else has a shot here? Because I don't think News of the World has a shot. Um, Judas and the Black Messiah. I also don't think is a shot in this category. Not Mank to just respect them as boobies. I think Mank, Mank has, has a, a shot. shot too. Yeah. And Trial of the Chicago Seven. Those are the five. Mank has a shot mainly because of what they did with the the techniques they used, where like the cinematography style changed depending on the era and stuff like that. Um. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, I feel like Mank has a shot, but I, again, I feel like Mank's a gimmick that a lot of people will see past. I, I think I know what you mean, and let's uh let's just shout out this dude's name. Uh, Joshua James is the director of photography, cinematographer for Nomadland. Mm. Um, the man who can command the sun. Yeah. So, like <laughs> everyone who doesn't know, he likes uh everyone who's seen this for all three of these films. He's been really obsessed with a uh, rig operating unit. So I think he uses Steadicam sometimes. He operates. When uh, you say all three sometimes. of these films, does that mean he did uh, Chloe Zhao's other two films? Yes, he did. They yeah. have basically yeah. been they collaborating since NYU. They were both NYU directing and film production majors, and I guess he loves filming for her. I think he has a lot to do with I listen to multiple podcasts from people well, who were let's, involved let's in this Let's face movie. it, it's kind of working for him. Yeah, I mean, they have a good thing going. <laughs> and great. I think, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, so just, I want to hear Dave talk about this, but when I think of best cinematography, sometimes retrospectively, you might think, oh, what was the most big giant beautiful shot i've seen this year but yeah. if i'm being honest my favorite cinematography is cinematography i don't think about when i'm watching it it's very it, it's just it's it's sewed into the fabric of the film so mm. in light of that i agree with you guys i think make i was a little thinking i was a little focused on the cinematography because it was such a big piece of the storytelling i am going to go to bat for uh trial of chicago 7 i didn't think about it a single time and i that's how i know it fucking worked it didn't distract me at all and i thought it was a uh, I liked how they went in and out, which apparently was Steven Spielberg's idea. He was part of the producing team for this. How they went in and out of their very low-budget use of real archive crowd footage of the riots and the way they chose to stage the uh, speeches in the park and everything. I thought it was very effective. So I have to give it up for cinematography a little bit for that. Like I thought they made some really creative decisions. Uh, is there anything that... I don't know if archive footage counts towards cinematography. It does. That's what I'm saying. They made yeah. a decision not to re- to lean on the archive oh, yeah. footage yeah. too much. But how do we make a crowd scene with a low budget? Mm. How do we not show the entire riot with just, you know, 100 extras or something? So I don't know. I did think that was pretty captivating. And we <laughs> talked about in our episode how effective the cinematography was in the courtroom. Do you remember we were talking about how yeah. sometimes we would see the wide and we would see everyone. Sometimes we would go in very effectively on individual characters and then the way they use reaction shots and the be very very careful cutting to frank langella so i don't know if that came out and snuck a win over mank and over minari because they might split the vote i wouldn't be shocked and i don't think i would be disappointed mm. Mm. do you guys have okay. any like side passion don't do anything like that were there any other films that stuck out to you mm, that was cinematography yeah no i mean no man land it was a case of like especially when you're working with non-actors as well who could be in a different place, like to nail the shots that he nailed in that film, the way that he did, and it becomes like it becomes a like an extra nomad almost. Yeah, yeah. like you're there with them. It's and not that, yeah. you're watching them; you're there with them. And you're another mentioned. person he, sitting he, at the campfire. He operates the entire yeah. time, so he was strapped into a Ronin for most of this shoot. I think, from what I've heard, some people describe. 
And yeah, we all know what that's like. That's heavy as shit. Dave's back is still probably giving him chronic <laughs> issues because he's worn one for some of our. No, I've our just films. I've just got two big Hulk muscles at the at the lower back and nothing <laughs> else. It's a... So just the the delicacy that he has. He was filming that in and out every day for like thirty or forty days, and he was wearing that thing the entire. It's just unbelievable the stamina. I don't know. Just really, really nice. Well, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, yeah, I've, I've strapped myself into steady camps for a long time for something I believe in as well. It's, it's, it just, yeah, it's just something you do. And he did it well. Yeah. Yeah. And anything anybody wants to say about the movie, about Amazon or anything, all these other bullshit that's out there on Twitter. Oh yeah. We'll get, we'll get, we'll we'll get to that later. We'll get to that later. That's in the dirty, that's in the dirty tricks segment. Yeah. Um, So let's, uh, let's keep it rolling. So the next category, if you guys scroll up, uh, also, by the way, uh, Dave, my microphone went out for like a third of a second because it said it was disconnected. So we're going to sync this bad boy back up. You can use my backup audio. Okay. Yeah. Looking forward to doing that tomorrow. You can put my backup audio in and I'm sure it'll sync up. Anyway, let's do visual effects. Okay. So I'm going to say the nominees while we all vote. So I'm just going to find that. It's right up. Scroll up. It's Love and Monsters. Uh, The Midnight Sky. Mulan. Nope. The one and only Ivan. And Tenet. All right. So let's see. Yeah. See, I, I didn't see a lot of these. Yeah, I also didn't see a couple of these either. Yeah, John saw Tenet though. I did see Tenet, and Dave's coming in with me on Midnight Sky. All right, we got two to one. Dave and I went Midnight Sky. Jeff went Tenet. Tenet. So we've been hearing we've been hearing so much. I know Midnight Sky's campaign for this award is the reason that we saw this goddamn movie. <laughs> I saw it twice. Mm. It has a, a, a technically rotten review. I know it's not the best metric for, for reviewing films. We should not be promoting, you know, partisan outlooks on these movies anyway. But if there's one thing we know about Tenet is that Christopher Nolan demanded a lot of his, his visual effects. And this is award specific to those artists. And I think the Academy is going to respect them even if the movie got wasn't praised well and even though i, I mean also it. we should we should point out that a lot of tenant stuff is done practically in camera as well uh because mm-hmm. he's very big on that and that does qualify under a visual effects like yeah. practical and digital uh like are all kind of squashed into one for this award so yeah you might be right it, it may cross the line uh midnight sky i think for me it's like i just like the out there look and the fact that the visual effects aren't relied on. It's j- it's just a piece of the art in that mm-hmm. film. True. Yeah. I, so also, are... like, if, is that up for production design? I can't remember because it, it really should be. The design uh, of the ship is phenomenal. Uh, I, I know where the production design is. You guys keep going. Yeah, we'll get there. It uh, is not. It's yeah, not. I didn't think it was. Mm, which was that's an oversight. Hmm. Uh, so when we initially were kind of coming into this, I had initially thought in my head, for the practical reason that I should probably do Tenet. Um, that movie frustrated me so much that I don't know if I want to enable it by by giving it any kind of credit. So because I was torn between the two of them, I think I'm feeling pretty good about going with that guy. Yeah. I'm still buzzing you for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think so too. I don't know, you guys, it frustrated the shit out of me. I just felt like Chris went way too far. So I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I did see, you know, we saw Mulan earlier this year and, I wouldn't mm. be shocked if that came out and snuck an award. Yeah, through. I mean, I know it got some PC issues, but like it was. They've very got the budget for the campaign. Visually. I should yeah. have said I should have talked about the voting a little bit, which we could, we could talk more about when we get to actors. But so here's how everybody votes, just so it's clear: you nominate in your category. So if you're admitted to the the academy, let's say I'm a 
cinematographer. I can only nominate cinematographers for movies that I see. But once you have the ballot, after the nominations are out, everybody gets to vote on all the categories. So for that reason, I can see Mulan getting its own industry endorsement, understanding the level of the work, and I can see the rest of the Academy going, fuck you, you filmed in Xi'ang, and you thanked the providence of Xi'ang and the Chinese government, go fuck yourself, I'm not giving this award. And I think right. that that I think that happens more than ever the past couple of years, where people are allowed to make these kind of political statements on the margins, not writ large. I think they still rec- they still see that there was good stuff in that film. But I hmm. see a lot of other people, if there's any reason to not vote for it, I see them voting for the other thing. So I think Mulan's out. Yeah, That's I can fair. tell you. No, I think you're hmm. probably right. And just to clarify, because we were talking about this last week, you said when they get to the short list, you only vote in your category, or was that a Opposite. correction? Opposite. Opposite. That was, okay. Yeah, that was, I, I think I messed it up recently in a, in a different podcast. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I was what I was saying last week, unfortunately, is true that there's a lot of people who are not in the specialty that will get to vote on a specialty award, right. which is... You know, I don't know. I personally think that's ridiculous. I think a lot of actors have no idea, you know, how technical things are done. They're just talking about how they responded as an audience member. And I just don't think that's as potent of a response as somebody who actually works in that technical mm-hmm. side of the filmmaking. But I don't whatever. know. I, I disagree. I feel like if you're sitting there watching a film with whiz bang visual effects and you're like, how the fuck did they do that? Which is a segment we have. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a valid response. It's like, that was awesome. That really made the film for me. I think it deserves a nomination. So I, I feel like actors are more qualified than. I know what you mean, but it's like yeah. sometimes, like with an acting performance, like if somebody screams a lot and they seem really over, like really dramatic, that's the most obvious performance. But something real subtle and understated, the sure. actor, you know, some of the actors might say, "No, that's way more difficult than screaming." I don't mm. know. I'm just assuming it's true. It doesn't matter. There's different ways to do this. We're excited. Yeah. We're gonna keep rolling. Uh- yeah, so here we go, people. We are now getting into the chunk. We're getting into the acting oh, categories shit. pretty early in this pod. So we uh, are going to be talking for? our way through them. Here's going to be the order of all four of these. We're going to do, this is just the order on our sheet here. Supporting actor, lead actor, supporting actress, lead actress. Those are the next Woo. four categories. So actor in a supporting role. The nominees are Sasha Baron Cohen for The Trial of the Chicago 7, Daniel Kaluuya for Judas and the Black Messiah, Leslie Odom Jr. for One Night in Miami, Paul Racy for Sound of Metal, and Lakeith Stanfield for being the lead in Judas and the Black Messiah. Yeah, that's so good. It's voter fraud. And uh, yeah. <laughs> so funny, dude. All right. I'm glad, so we, saw, I'm glad is... we saw this. I'm glad we saw this movie before the vote, the category fraud just totally fucked this whole category. There's a weird asterisk on this now, even though Dave, you haven't voted yet. Mm-hmm. Even though it's, it's going to be Daniel Kaluuya. I don't care who you voted for Dave. It's going to be David, Daniel Kaluuya. He's won every other award. He's won the BAFTA, the Golden Globe, SAG. He's won everything. It's going to be Daniel Kaluuya. I wanted Paul Racy. That's who you're voting for, Dave. Great. I love Paul Racy. Talk about a subtle performance, doing your goddamn job. Paul Racy, what a fucking hero. But... Daniel Kaluuya was awesome. He's going to win. Lakeith Stanfield's category fraud in this is so fucked that whatever, whatever. It's 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 a weird category. Because you're totally right, dude. No, you're totally right. I mean, yeah, it was a there was a powerhouse performance, but also like as a supporting actor, I feel like Paul Racy might get there. You're you're absolutely right. It could happen for sure. I doubt. Yeah, I mean, I want to. I wish I could say that I have that same confidence. I just feel like. For for good reason, the way where we are getting to see so many uh, 
point of views from minorities and people of color this year that are so awesome. I feel like mm-hmm. this is just the apex of that. This movie, even in spite of the category fraud, just two amazing performances and a story that <laughs> yeah. maybe wouldn't have well, been produced before. Daniel was, and I mean this in the most respectful way, he fucking owned every single scene that he was in. He ate up every moment he possibly could. It's just one of those undeniable supporting actor performances. You know, if we're going to say it's supporting actor, like I would be shocked if he didn't win, which is a shame just because this is why awards suck and why I'm thankful for some of the film festivals where Paul maybe did get a nod because it's fucking ridiculous. Sometimes that we have to put these up against each other. It's such a different kind of supporting actor performance. Mm. And I don't want either of them to think that they weren't fucking amazing at it, but I mean, as, and as we said, like I I really, I I feel like I enjoyed sound of metal more than, uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. Me too. Um, and as as a film in total, and this is who we want to win, and that's who I would like to win. Yeah, exactly. Right. So I'm glad you went with your gut there, dude. All right, mm. I'm gonna I'm gonna go on a limb though and say Lakeith and Sasha Baron Cohen have no chance. No disrespect to them, but just that's how Oscars go. Uh, and Leslie Odom Jr. is not likely. I completely agree. Even yes. though he, again, you know fantastic, but yeah, fantastic. But I mean, he sings in that movie as. Sam Cooke in a One Night in Miami, folks. He sings, Leslie Odom Jr. sings in it and turns in a good performance. But we had a gentle conversation about, you know, what the play aspect of it and if it really pulled apart, if anyone really pulled away from it, if uh, Regina King really turned it into the movie thing. And I don't know, I felt like Leslie Odom Jr. was a cast member in a play. And that's one reason why I feel like these other two performances really stood out for me so much because each of them had certain cinematic ways of talking or not talking, depending on the movie you're talking and uh, discussing, yeah. made me feel like they they weren't just great acting and there wasn't just a genius director and cinematographer pointing cameras at them. They understood how to use the camera and to use camera acting uh, that was so powerful. I was giving Daniel Kaluuya a little bit of shit about the, the big speeches and everything, but some of my favorite moments of his are when he's real quiet with his partner, that girl. Yeah. Uh, or when he's kind of alone and he's just kind of... Th- you can see him just trying to get the raise the money for the kids, you know, and like the tiny moments, yeah. not the giant. We are revolutionaries moments. So I don't know. I loved his speech to the the white supremacist group. It was very calm, surprisingly yes. like relaxed. Where he was like, "If this building's on fire right now, are you going to care about the skin color of the person who comes to save you?" Like that was really cool. Um, he's a, clearly he's a force over this. He's going to win. But Dave, I'm with you. Paul Racy, go get him, buddy. Dude, if Paul Racy right. won, I mm. would be like, "Fuck yeah!" I would be super proud of him and happy for it. I love Sound of Metal. I'd be happy though, although the storylines are right. So the person, non-white actors and actresses could very well sweep. And so that is something that is in play here. Now I'm not saying that's affecting the way people are voting specifically, but that is on the table here. And so another, another, you know, plus if Daniel Kaluuya gets it, Absolutely. let's go into, yeah. let's go into actor in a leading role, actor in a leading role, Riz Ahmed, Sound of Metal, Chadwick Boseman, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Anthony Hopkins, The Father, Gary Oldman, Mank, and Stephen Yun, Minari. Two notable storylines here. You have Anthony Hopkins is the oldest ever nominee at 83 years old for this category. And Stephen Yun is the first, uh, at least presenting Asian person that's ever been in this category. Yeah. Um, mm. So let's... We're voting right now, uh, folks, if you hear the silence. I yeah I, I know I know you guys are voting for who you want I'm voting for for who I think is gonna win that's cool just as long as we defend it I don't give a shit yeah I think everybody's gonna dig it all right I think I see the votes coming in here Jeff yep 
is going for who he who he just said who he thinks is going to win, which is Chadwick Boseman and Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Nobody's gonna be mad about that. He won the SAG award. Everybody's kind of expecting it. The uh, the legend himself passed away last year. Like, you know, what a great way to honor him. Uh, but Dave decided to go with Anthony Hopkins for the father, who I think I made a comment last week. It's like an undeniable performance. Like a, if he hadn't yeah. won an Academy Award before, I think he would be a yep. shoe in like an absolute. We're giving it to him, not just because of politics, but good God, at 80 something, he turns in that kind of performance. And I voted for Riz Ahmed in Sound of Metal. So we have three different votes here. Yeah. And I don't think any of us would be mad if any of them won. <laughs> no, <Right>. no. <laughs> this is yeah. a category where it's like, holy crap, I got to watch some amazing performances. And Same. any one of like any one of these guys could take it. Yeah. Dave, why'd you love yeah. Anthony so much? I mean, we just did an episode about it, but coming into this vote, what really turned it over for you? Um, it's the fact that he didn't have me at the beginning and won me over. Nice, dude. Um, and because at the beginning, I was like, I'm not going to enjoy this. And yeah. then he just fucking got me. Yeah. And it was, yeah. yeah. So he was, he was so good. <laughs> Hall of Fame performance, yeah. really. It's like. Jeff, and also, he's nailed the performance, too. I mean, yeah. unbelievable. All the way up. All the way up to his final monologue in the very last scene. It just gets like more and more complicated and interesting yeah. and good God. Uh yeah, a real legend of his craft. I don't know how many times outside it, of like play scripts we get to see performances like like that. Just the, just showing you how it's done. The Oscars well, Club is a real thing. Valid comment because that voters. was a play script. It was a play yeah. script. The, the, the Oscar <laughs> voter, the, the club, the Oscars Club thing is a very real thing. And so if you have an Oscar, it's it's harder to win a second. Not that it's never happened, obviously. It's happened a lot. Gary Oldman's not going to win because he had one. He won it kind of recently. And so it's it's there's too much else going on in here for that. And Stephen Young yeah. is just, um, it's just probably not going to be his year given everything else in this category, but so awesome that they're obviously nominated. But Riz Ahmed, Chadwick Boseman, Anthony Hopkins, like that three. Well, I can tell you the the reason I didn't pick Stephen Young is because I I felt like he was almost a supporting actor. Yeah, in a beautiful in, way. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Like he's he's not in it as much as I thought like a, a lead actor should be. Right. So that kind of put me off picking him because it was a great performance, but it wasn't there as often as I thought it was going right. to be. Whereas yeah, as Riz and Anthony Hopkins both had the whole movie was in was their point of view. They were in every frame. Yeah. And then um, Chadwick did the play thing where he had to rise above the ensemble status to kind of claim the lead status. He had a couple of rousing monologues, a couple of incidents that happened. So any of those three, really, it's it's fantastic. I think it's going to be Chadwick, but any of those three would be great. Jeff, if you mm. had to go with I'm just curious. Who do you want to win? Who who would be would it still be Chadwick or I mean I Riz blew me away, but honestly I, I would probably yeah. go with Anthony Hopkins. I, I thought that was an all-time performance. But not only is he in the club, he is in the club for Hannibal Lecter, which is one of the most iconic characters of all time. So like you can you can retire on that and not need any more if that I makes you. you know. So let me go to back. I mean, let me go to back. I mean, you're saying there's a club, but like how many is Meryl Streep got now? She's got three, but she also was nominated over 20 times. And right. so yeah. she, her third nomination got her second win. And then she went tw almost, almost 20 nominations before getting another one. So that is, that is a very real thing that she was. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to get that next one. Yeah. Daniel. We're going to talk Daniel's, about it with Francis McDormand soon. Daniel's ratio is probably crazier, but that's a, you know, that's once in a generation kind of thing. I'm going to yeah. go to bed really quickly for Riz, even though. I know you guys say you love it, but just uh, teaching acting, I just feel like this is a perfect lesson and something that I have to end up talking about, usually at the end of acting classes where people go through this whole process, four to six you know, hour long sessions of performing scenes, and we're talking about character work and blah, 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 blah. And we usually spend a lot of time 
as actors trying to get rid of our preconceived notions of how to play a character. We usually have to break down walls of expectations and stuff, which usually means you have to explore going a little too far. And then a lot of the questions that I get at the end of these big scene study sessions is, okay, how do you make that as big as for a close-up in camera where you can't do too much? How do you shrink it down and make it internal? And for, you know, because so much acting is done on video nowadays. And I think that Riz Ahmed gives a masterclass on internal work, not yeah. just because of the nature of this script, uh, because obviously he's dealing with loss of hearing. So he's around a lot of people who can't communicate with their voice. It's not just because of that, but he he rises above that, what I think could have been seen as a gimmick in the less, you know, a lesser actor's hands. There's so much happening in him internally that when you finally arrive, not even just the beginning where he is just being destroyed by what he's doing and he can only really deal with it internally because he can't hear what anybody's saying to him anymore. But at the very end, when it has little to do with his hearing in the scene work, the breakup with his girlfriend, the, mm, the yeah, moments awesome. at the end yeah. where he starts I mean, that's to get, a moment. That's, a, that's crazy. The moments yeah. at the end where he's getting the implants and he's trying to understand if he's going to be able to live with this or not. And if it's too much, building up to the very last moment where he has his giant catharsis, all of that is happening behind the eyes. And I think that is cinematic film acting at its greatest. And unfortunately, I don't think he's going to win because it's so subtle and it's so withdrawn that, yeah. you know, we, we love the bigger ones. But I just want to give my hat, tip my hat to but that I, guy. He I mean, nailed yeah, it. like you're right. Gary Oldman and Steven are probably out. But like those three, any, we, and right. we just proved it. Anyone can take it. The voting is going to be split down the middle on that. And once again, not to just call it out, but we have a person who's elderly. We have and two people who are, you know, non-white. So I feel like it, it would be yeah. really sweet. Like there's good representation there. I'm really happy. Yep. Mm. All right. Um, Anthony Hopkins won the BAFTA, by the way. Chadwick did win the Golden Globe. And Riz has been nominated for everything, but hasn't really won anything. That's what's uh, going on. But let's get into this next category. So we're going over to the actress category. So you have actress in a supporting role. You have Maria Bakalova, although I have heard her pronounce her name, Bakovla, which I thought was awesome. Bakolovo. Bakovla. Bakalova. God, I just fucked it up. I really thought I was trying to pronounce that however she wants. Yeah, that's right. Borat subsequent <laughs> movie film. You got Glenn Close for Hillbilly Elegy, Olivia Coleman for The Father, Amanda Seyfried for Mank, and Yoo Jung Yoon for Minari. You already, if you've been following this pod, you know who I want. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. All okay. right. Go for it. So I voted for Glenn Close and Hillbilly Elegy, Dave and Jeff voted for Yeon Jung Yoon in Minari. And I'm going to just put it out there. I'm doing what Jeff has done this time. I think they're going to give it to Glenn because I think she's finally earned it politically. I think it's time. I think she she's supposed to have it. I would like to see her win. I don't know if she will. If I was just at a film festival and we were just seeing these movies, I think I would give it up for Yeon Jung Yoon as well. I think that was a standout performance in Minari. Mm-hmm. But Glenn Close was too. I, I, Glenn Close was. I, I mean, that's hate, the unfair yeah. part of awards ceremonies. It's like there's so many good performances. You want you, everybody get a trophy. God damn but it! No, no. Um, I mean, yeah, Glenn Close, and I, I came out swinging for Glenn Close. Like we ditched the Razzies over Glenn did. Close. Yeah, because yes. fuck you guys. Yeah. Um, and does that count as negative? Do I have to? Uh, no. Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> okay. Okay. Drink, come on, drink. Negative for the negative Razzies. That's. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that counts. Double negatives are positive. Come on. Yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, I, I, I feel like yeah, I, I would if I hadn't seen Minari, I'd be all about Glenn Close right now. Mm-hmm. But I mm-hmm. did see Minari. Yeah, 
I'm I mean, Dave. It's masterful. It's masterful. And maybe I should correct myself. I don't think Glenn Close is actually going to win. I would like to see her get it. But I think that all that bullshit we talked about, all the PC stuff around Hillbillyology, how nobody watched, everybody's talking shit. They probably aren't even considering her. And I bet a lot of voters decided not to give it the weight it. I think that film deserves, which is just real shame. But whatever. Yeah, you might be right. Mm. Um, the So Yoo Jung-yoon won the Screen Actors Guild Award, which is obviously the guilds have the most representation when it comes to the Oscars, like as far as crossover. So a Writers Guild's um, a member is probably also in the Academy, or an Academy member for writing is probably also in the Writing Guilds, if not uh, definitely. Um, and so the fact that she won this SAG after not even being nominated for the Golden Globe, which by the way, went to Jodie Foster for the Mauritanian, who's not even nominated here. So it looks like it's leaning towards Yoo Jung-yung if you are gonna go to Vegas, which we're not. But it's I think nope. it's a two I think it's a two person race. For some reason I heard some critics say they would love Amanda Seyfried to win this. I don't think that's gonna happen. I think Borat yeah. is having like a little late resurgence because I think people are giving it the credit that it's I guess it deserves to be all these nominations. I don't think Maria Bakalova is gonna get that. So I think it's Yu Jung Yun. That's what I think. I think and I fucking mean, that, loved if, her if, in this movie. If too. Maria got it, that would be the awesome upset of the year, really. It would be fun. Would but be I think crazy too. That would be yeah. so ridiculous. My you almost want, you almost want to see that happen. It's like, <laughs> I mean, yeah. All right. Anything else about right. this? Yeah, supporting actress. No, and then I'm now, sorry. actress in a leading role. Now, this is the most interesting award out of the four of these to me. So the nominees are Viola Davis for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Andrew Day for the United States first. John's Billy just Holiday. in there. He's not even waiting. Yeah. You know Vanessa this update's Kirby, live, right? <laughs> Vanessa Kirby, Pieces of a Woman, Frances McDormand, Nomadland, Carrie Mulligan, Promising Young Woman. So the most, the reason that this is, if you're actually looking at this from what's been going on, this is, this Viola, is Davis, Viola Davis won the Screen Actors Guild Award, um, which Andrew Day was not nominated for. Andrew Day won the Golden Globe Award. And then the BAFTA, which Andrew Day was also not nominated for, went to Frances McDormand. So this award has been spread out. Also, mm. you can't discredit Carrie Mulligan because that movie has five nominations. And even though Emerald Fennell is getting a lot of credit and recognition for writing and directing it, a lot of it does come down to Carrie Mulligan as, as she was the mantle on which this was placed. So you have basically four people who could win this award. Sorry, Vanessa Kirby, you are awesome in this movie, but I think there are four people who could win it. Let's see what you do. I mean... Dave, he's doing it. Do it, baby. Wow. Put the Z in there. Because that's the key I hit. But... <laughs> All right, so I voted immediately for Andrew Day in the United States versus Billy Holiday. Jeff did as well. And then we got the rogue vote from Dave for Francis McDormand in Nomadland. Dave, why are you going for her? Um, mainly because she like her performance was a hundred percent natural in an environment of working with first time actors. Yeah. And she fit into them and worked them. Like it wasn't just the director working them, it was her as well. Yeah. So I I feel like that's a performance where you have to think as, on your feet as well as yeah like deep like deep dive for that perf- performance and I I feel like she she pulled it off. I think you're right, dude. I heard uh, her in an interview recently, and she was talking about how she's actually kind of uncomfortable with improv. So when Chloe wow. Zhao was approaching her, her Chloe and Josh were approaching her, talking about their method and kind of how they like to develop storylines based on real life, you know, happenings with non actors. Francis was obviously aware that like, okay, I'm going to be put in situations where I have to just kind of listen to these people's stories and play with them. 
And apparently she was kind of nervous because she doesn't feel like that's her forte as an actor. Mm. And I respect it so much because I never saw her once try to overcompensate if that is a true insecurity for her and her technique. I think she listened so well and decided, I'm just going to be present for these people. And if something Mm. happens, it happens. And it ended up giving us a really strong point of view on this this niche of people that I knew nothing about before I saw this movie. If it, if it helps, it was almost a three-way tie on this one because, <laughs> I mean, Andre Day's performance is phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. And to nail that voice like she did yeah, and crazy. give that performance and, yeah, just that was magical. But, yeah. I think... I think the Oscars club thing is going to come in here with Franny, who has two already, including one recent, which again, Meryl Streep, and even Daniel had a little bit of a separation, and Daniel's third for Lincoln. It was up against Bradley Cooper for Sylvie Lining's Playbook, Hugh Jackman for Les Mis. Like, it just seemed like the, it's really hard to get that third. It took Jack 20 Wait, years. Hugh Jackman got nominated for Les Mis? Are you buzz? <laughs> so, in this particular category, again, if there's any reason to vote for somebody else, I think they're going to take it. So, I think Frances McDermott's out now. She very well could win. I think it's between Viola Davis and Andrew Day, even though none of us chose Viola Davis. She does one of these things in this movie where there is subtlety. She's very fast talking, but how many times does Jeremy Shamos's character say like, "Ma, we want to do this, we want to do that," and she's like, "I don't care, well, I'm going to do this. This is what I do. I'm the one recording," and she resists until it's that immaculate time which is a good combination of theatrical and film because Absolutely. you need to have those shouts in order to be give a quote-unquote oscar worthy like in the traditional sense oscar worthy performance which she does rise to that but she also plays with the subtlety that she probably wouldn't be able to get away with as much on stage and she does it in like 20 minutes of screen time she is still not only the title character but a lead if not the lead even more so than chadwick in this movie having a very small amount of screen time relative to everybody else in the cast i think it speaks volumes and i, I think it's a two-person race that's what i think i'm gonna go back to what i said when we were talking about the united states of billy holiday which i think is why it's just locked for her is that viola builds a character and obviously it's specific it's specific and it's everything you want i just don't think the character on screen has the same arc that andrew day you know, bring gets get uh, is allowed right. to to bring to screen yeah. with the screenplay of United States versus Billy Holiday. So I, I once again, I just I think it's a little bit of a shame because there are some amazing performances in this category. But I think whenever you nail a really well written biopic, it's almost undeniable. <laughs> like it's just yeah. like get out of the way if you can really bring somebody to life that well, especially somebody that iconic. Mm-hmm. Which it is ridiculous that her voice sounded that much like her. But it's not her voice that nailed it for me. It's the she had a like a, a, an ease about her as Billie mm. Holiday that was almost unsettling. It was like, are you actually Billie Holiday? I didn't feel like she was working at all. It was crazy. Right. I've yeah. never seen a lot of stock footage of Billie Holiday off the yeah. stage. And I really felt yeah. like we were watching like a documentary. It was fucking ridiculous. So okay. I'm going to stick with that vote. Although again, if Viola won, fuck it. I, like, sure. I mean, that's a tough, <laughs> again, that's a toughly contested category because like we have seen all these films and yeah. it like to pick between them. Like I was sitting there while we we're about to pick going, uh, yeah. Shit, yeah, yeah. I want to just X the entire column. Viola's yeah. also in the club. Little <laughs> category fraud when she won. And she shout out to I totally agree with you with Carrie Mulligan. I'm just I'm not concerned at all. She's she's gonna get one eventually. And I just don't want her to get it for this film compared to these other ladies. I don't know if you. I want to give it to her. I'm but she's gonna get there eventually. She's a fucking freaking nature. I can't wait to see the rest of her career. All right, friends, on to writing. So the next two categories are going to be our writing categories. So original right, screenplay where is, where first. Where is writing in this document? Just, just scroll writing. up. 
just keep okay. scrolling up. So original <laughs> screenplay and then adapted screenplay. Shot at me, original, you son of a bitch. Original, <laughs> original screenplay, Judas and the Black Messiah, Minari, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, The Trial of the Chicago 7. Mm. I'm definitely doing it who I think should win this one. Oh, wow. Nice, dude. All right. We're, I have entered. Again, Jeff has like, entered. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're putting the pressure on Mr. Dave. He's doing it. Oh, he joined me. D- uh, Dave and I are both voting for Aaron Sorkin's screenplay I for the Chicago I never thought I would 7. pick an Aaron Sorkin. I'm so happy you did, though. I was going to call you out for that. I was gonna, <laughs> so uh, Dave has come around. Aaron Sorkin, Charles Chicago 7. And Jeff voted for Promising I, Young I've, Woman. Yeah, I famously only sat through the first 20, 25 minutes of The Social Network. So yeah, <laughs> which he won. Uh, he's he's the only one it in the bored club. The on this list. <laughs> I'm, so I'm going to go to bat here. I uh, I would I was very torn between Minari and yeah, Charlie Chicago Seven because I fucking loved Minari. I love Sound of Metal mm. too, and we'll, we'll get to that later. I think that might be my favorite movie of the year. But I thought the Minari script was excellent. I just feel like that conversation we ended up we we nailed it. When we were talking about. Aaron Sorkin is getting better and better and better. He's already a fucking freak, probably a prodigy of his generation. And then he writes this script, which doesn't even seem like a Sorkin script. He's just, he's transcending himself. And I just feel like we, we just have to give it up for him. I mean, I know he's always nominated, but he's typically nominated for adaptations uh, recently anyway. I feel like he's sure. he's usually basing them off of books, uh, Social Network, uh, Moneyball, and... Um, what was the one after that? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Trial Chicago 7, original. I'm so excited for him. I hope he wins it. I want the world to know that he's one of the greatest screenplay writers of all time. And I think he needs this award to prove that. Like he's probably going to win at least one more before, you know, within the next 10 or 20 years. But I want him to have multiple screenplay awards. I think he deserves wow. to have that award. Dave? Um, I mean, as far as screenplay goes, it uh, Chicago 7 held me and it did all the right things. Nice. It does nothing wrong, right? Yeah. We can at least say that for sure. Maybe you don't, yeah. you didn't love it. I mean, it does a, nothing I wrong. I mean, that's the thing. Like, for me, it was uh, like my top three, if I had to pick, would have been Chicago 7, Promising a Woman, Sound of Metal. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think I think Judas is probably not going to win, even though it was an awesome movie. Uh, I really I really love Minari too. So maybe that that could mm. be on the list. I, I just, I I did I did see that Promising Young Woman won the Writers Guild Award, so that's usually the biggest tell. Last year, both Writers Guild winners went on to win the Oscar. Um, Are you just I watching the think, other award ceremonies and cheating at this game? I also no no I didn't mean to cheat no, at this, this one. That's how all the Gold Derby guys do it too, though. You I didn't kind of I didn't mean to cheat at this, but but it's informative to to this. I think that this could be the year that all of that stuff matters the least. But yeah, yeah um, all bits are off this year. I think all bets are off, but I think Promising Young Woman is going to get the love because it's a good subject matter. It's an interesting idea. I think some of the characters are really interesting. And I think anything that we said about the film that where it didn't didn't nail it for specifically John and I, maybe not so much Dave, that could be a director versus a writing thing. It could have took me out of the Mm -hmm. movie a little bit. We're on the script. Uh, That moment. Yeah, sure. That moment with... um, Carrie Mulligan goes to visit her friend's mother, who's played by, um, help me, superstar Molly Shannon. Uh, On the script, I just didn't feel like, you got to get over this. But there were a few moments where I felt like they were kind of writing toward the, I don't know. I think that's okay. Because that, that, 
but that's in line with the rest of the story because she needs mm. to move on. That's the point. Like, why can't she, she's never going to be able to get over this because she's in too deep because of the trauma. And I, I actually, I didn't mind that, but I, yeah, but I mean, for me, it was just for the, the thing that like pushed me down a little bit on promising a woman was the neatly packaged happy ending. quote, happy ending. Such, <laughs> like, well, exactly. I mean, granted, not a happy ending, but like the, yeah, the neat, quote, the yeah. neatly packaged but all these other revenge ones, and I agree ending. With you, Jeff, I totally agree with you. I don't think Judas has. Has the the stuff to pull it out of here? I think the competition is happening with the other four. I did not think about the screenplay a single time during Minari, Sound of Metal, or Charlie Chicago Seven. I was just watching a movie. I think I did think about it with the other two, maybe once or twice. Not mm. in a bad way. They're still fucking wonderful movies, and I'm a huge fan. But um, yeah, I feel good about my vote. Right. I I hope he gets it. But Jeff, you're probably right. I could. I would not be surprised if she won. I wouldn't be shocked. We'll see. All right, adapted screenplay. Right. You have Borat, subsequent movie again. film. You have The Father. I am. Nomadland. One Night in Miami. The White Tiger. Mm. I also know which one the WGA, but I, I'm not mm. picking it, just so you guys know. <laughs> this is crazy. Yeah. This is a hard one. That's... Shit, this one's adapted hard. Adapted screenplay. This is really hard. A hard one. Like... I mean, we have no granted man, we no haven't man. seen the White yeah, Tiger, so that's I, this is John not and I have really fair pick. Um, oh, you have? John okay. and I have, yeah. Son of a bitch. <laughs> I think I'm gonna. All right, I'm I'm voting. Yeah, and mm. I have a very I'm specific reason. It might leaning. not be a good reason, but it's the only reason I have. I think in this category. All right, so Jeff and I both voted for Nomadland for adapted screenplay. And Dave voted for One Night in Miami. Uh, the reason I voted for Nomadland is because I had no idea that was not an original <laughs> screenplay. <laughs> I had no idea it was based on a story. I, I, it didn't yeah. watch like that. Fair. It doesn't feel like that. So for some reason in my head, I immediately think that's impressive that I didn't know this was based on a story. It feels like it's, I feel like Chloe Zhao and Josh created their entire new kind of movie. <laughs> so the fact that it's adapted is blowing my mind. Dave, why why right. why are you feeling so strongly about One Night in Miami? You feel like they just fucking nailed it? I mean, no, I feel like it I mean it it was a play ad adaptation that wasn't obviously a play yeah. adaptation. <laughs> and there were a lot of adaptations of <laughs> stage work. This, there this were some year. Great, yeah, I mean well rounded characters in, in One Night in Miami. And also like, yeah, it just the I, the way it was written held me. Besides the fact yeah. that I was watching a play, it was it, it was it felt like it was updated for the screen quite nicely. Um, so that yeah, that got me. Guess what won the, the the Writers Guild of America award? You know how is how yeah. is that adapted? Once again, how is Borat, that adapted? Borat won the WGA. And what? It's adapted because because Jesus the IP Christ. of the first okay. movie. Well, I, adapted. That's that I liked this Borat movie a lot. There's no original Bond movie. Just, I enjoyed. Wait, I enjoyed watching this one. His his joke was, if you look, there are a lot of credited writers because that includes people who give, contributed story and such. I don't know how many can actually win an Oscar. Wait, so if you improvise your first movie yeah, and then exactly. have a second one, it, it can, <laughs> no, they, so they storyboard. You can, it can so they, they based it on a storyboard. They storyboard all these situations. So even though there is, isn't that ridiculous, dude? That yes. is some loophole bullshit. 
he won the mm. WGA. Well, anyway, when he when he won, when Sacha Baron Cohen got up to accept, he said because there were so many credited writers in the film, he said, "I probably won because half of you were credited in this movie." So he basically was poking fun at himself. I mean, honestly, it could happen because one thing about No Man Land that keeps coming up is that people keep talking about, "Oh, it's too kind to Amazon. It's too kind to this." One thing that I, I'm voting for it for is. It's adapted. And also, the character yeah. liked working for Amazon. So why should the director we're, shit on them fucking well, yeah, Amazon? Yeah, we're we're we'll talk about that once the votes are done, because I've got a rant about that, because that's okay. fucking ridiculous. So anyway, so I so it's it's the book. This is her. She's a seasonal Amazon employee, and then she didn't have problems filling the gaps between the seasons. Anyway, it's but Borat is political. So I can see, I can see people... And to Sasha Baron, I remember I made this joke, you guys. There's actually like an emotional turn in this Borat. There's like a lesson that Borat learns. Like it, it's weird. It has like a movie. Oh, ending, okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I, had I haven't seen it, it yet. Enjoy. Yeah. Well, the, the, right. Well, and also the it's whole like, thing. Is, this, is, this, is honest, it like the yes. Wayne's World ending? Like I've learned <laughs> yeah, something today. Like, literally, <laughs> Borat learns a life lesson. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. Exactly. Let's exactly. do the mega happy ending. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think it's cool. Just the the, I guess I, let's just call it the sexism of the first movie, which was satirical. So I, I'm not I'm not calling the creator sexist, but my wife, she's the number one prostitute in all of Kazakhstan, like doesn't speak fondly to women, and, and I think he's calling out cultures and us allowing other cultures to be derogatory to women and, and still continuing to trade and work with them. And I I believe that only because of what's off the screen. But in this, mm. he's with his daughter who he has to come to terms with the fact that modern women are different and, and they do it subtly enough, but also being hilarious and satirical that it's not just about the event of that. And it's not just about the message, Yeah, but I think they handle that. And he has the, really all the well. shit going on with the pandemic really the well. commentary of hmm. the Trump presidency and the pandemic and everything. It's very cathartic for, for a viewer yeah. as well, which is always plays well in award season. If something is of the times, if you didn't like the first one, for sure. you're not going to like right. the second one, but yeah, <laughs> I didn't mind the first one. I I, I just haven't got around. I, I, I know. know. I, I feel like the pandemic, the pandemic ruined you, me for stuff that's just a little too At least fucking this, real. This real yeah. shit is hilarious. Up until now, and like, I'm, still, I'm kind of making I'm, fun of yeah. all the right people. <laughs> got my, I've got yes. my first Pfizer shot. I'm good. I, I got I, my second vaccine. Being offended, too, guys, so goofy. you know, <laughs> I want to go to bat. I want to everybody do what we did. Be like John Tiger, because I did really enjoy watching this movie. I've never read you know, the original material by any means, Same. but I thought it was very captivating. Uh, I don't know if it went as far as it could possibly have gone, depending on how uh, judicious it was with the original material. Maybe that is literally how it ended. I was a little let down with the very end of the film, but um, it was a, it was a small issue. It just didn't go. It didn't transcend itself mm. uh, by the end of it. But up until that point, I thought it was very well told and I really enjoyed the story a lot. So I don't know. I thought they made a fun movie. If that was literally based on a book, I thought they made a really cool movie out of that. But whatever. I'm still going for No Man Land for sure. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's 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 keep it rolling. Um, we're about halfway done, guys. So we probably should pick up the pace a little bit. But now the categories are going to start to get a little smaller, at least as far as movies that we've seen. Because we didn't make it a point to see necessarily every one of these categories. Except we have seen all of our film editing nominees, which is next. We have The Father. Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, Trial of the Chicago 7, Historically Film Editing, and Best Picture used to be linked, but in the past 10 years or so, mm. that has not necessarily been the case. Notable winners of this include Whiplash, for instance, one that did not win Best Picture. So let's see what happens with you guys. I'm actually going for nice, this. Nice, dude. Good for you. 
Good for you. Oh, shit. All right. Okay. Dave, always the holdout. Here we go. Yeah, let's do it. All right, we got three, three, three different, different votes. I voted three for Nomadland. Ones. Dave voted for Trial of Chicago 7, and Jeff voted for Sound of Metal. Uh, Jeff, give me your reason. What are, you, what are you feeling, dude? I love Sound of Metal. Why, why, why is it the film editing, though? Well, because, I, you know what? Maybe it's because of Whiplash. Now, Whiplash, I think, might have won because of this, the the sound element of it, which is even more musical than this movie is. Sound of Metal, which is about a rocker, but like he doesn't, there's not as much of that. However, it's a delicate touch and it's a fine line where this movie could have just been kind of a boring slice of life, you know, one of those film features that you see at the festivals and people go, okay, but what's your next movie? And this movie is really tight. The, the, the pacing of this is really, really, really well done, especially as they cut to, to him losing his hearing and how he's coping with the, the close-ups versus why. I, I feel like the way it comes together. I feel you, dude. I would not be upset top. about that at all. Dave, what do you feel? Trial of Chicago 7? Yeah. I mean, Trial of Chicago 7 is nominated for at, le- at least the first 20 minutes. Like the editing and to get you into that film is phenomenal. It yes. tells you everything you need to know in 20 minutes. Like, and gets you there. And from that point on, they managed to make a courtroom scene just fun to watch. And I know what you like, mean. Though. I, I, no, I, I, I use the word fun, but it's it's devastating to watch. But yeah, it's they they it holds your interest. And sure. I heard David me, Fincher interview uh, you know, for the DGA. I heard David Fincher interview Aaron Sorkin on uh Trial of Chicago Seven. And I thought I thought Fincher put it perfectly. He said, "Oh yeah, I did too." You tell very uh, you tell comedic stories about very serious subject matter. That's why you're a fucking genius. The way you write your screenplays and the way you tell your stories, there is a fun element to very serious uh, topics, and that's why I totally agree with you. And the reason we know it's airtight is because once again, hmm. I was on the edge of my seat in that movie a lot of times. It's just it's not just Aaron Sorkin's dialogue and the the pace of the way he actually writes a script. Although I would bet a lot, I bet he wrote in a lot of these edits, yeah. especially in that first 20 minutes, just because he's the man. But you're right, dude. I did not once for one second think about anything other than this movie while I was watching it. I was totally immersed. But I mean, also like the thing is right. Aaron Sorkin is famously dialogue based, but in this movie, they yeah. kind of, they managed to do the show. Don't tell as well in reactions and cutaways and stuff like sure. that. So I feel I feel like that might get them over the line. Um just like it wasn't just the dialogue that made you hate yeah. the judge. It was his reaction to things where he didn't even speak and and just little things where they agree. knew exactly how I'm to push your go buttons. for uh, I voted for Nomadland and mm. I'll probably say this again. I've already said it before. I mm-hmm. think That's every fair. now and then filmmakers come along and challenge and change form. And I don't know how I can separate the editing from the the overall best picture and cinematography quality. I feel yeah. like what they did, I, I mentioned yeah. it when we were talking about the actual movie and the individual episode, I could never catch up with Frances McDormand. Do you guys remember me making that comment about how I never got a chance to reflect mm-hmm. with her because it cut too quickly? I thought that was extremely effective. It made me feel very uneasy. Yeah, cutting, I never yeah. got to really see her catch up to how she felt outside of a few very choice moments. And I felt like I was watching a very fresh idea. There are definitely other auteurs and uh, you know European yeah. directors that I think she's taking some influence from, but 
I'm I'm definitely prepared to say that this was a different kind of film than I've seen before. And I think the editing is the award. If I, I wanted to win editing, maybe more than anything else, if it wins anything. I I really love the way that they would, even though it's a quote unquote slow paced film, they yes. would always cut to something in motion to let you know that this story is moving. Even if it's, it's not just, sitting even still. If it's We're going to get through a physical year of this Physical motion for sure, but it's also moving. just emotional cool. motion. Like sometimes it would just cut to her in her van and like this chaotic moment yeah. and you had to kind of catch up. And I, I just thought it was so interesting. I just yeah. hadn't seen a movie like that in quite a long time. I don't think I've been watching enough foreign yeah. film. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, it wasn't just cutting Definitely, to landscapes. Yeah. It wasn't just cutting when to it landscapes. Did, it right, the one. And when it did. But when it did. Yeah. It earned, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, here we go. Let's get into some of these other categories. So we got costume design. Now, of course, not a lot oh, of big. Oh, you are really not just a lot of, going off, are you? A lot, yes. Now, a lot of big, <laughs> a lot of big budget movies did not get released this year, which you know usually costume design, set design, all those kinds of things. Production design, I mean, costume design. Emma, which came out early in the year. Ma Rainey's mm-hmm. Black Bottom, Mank, Mulan, Pinocchio. I know it's a remake. What Everybody Pinocchio kept talking about. And nobody saw. It. <laughs> yeah, the live action. The live action. No saw, the live action. Good. Yeah. All right. Uh I think it's a two three person race. I think, that's I think really I'm gonna go with this. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna mm. guess again, just just guessing no to Mulan and Pinocchio. Mulan for reasons yeah. I've already said. I'm sure it's All brilliant. Right. But Jeff and um, I uh Dave and nice. I both voted for Mank, the period piece, Herman Makewood's story. And Jeff voted for Emma, the Jane Austen period piece. Beautiful. It looked beautiful. Just, I didn't see Emma, yeah, but it looks no, it's <laughs> sort of a safe bet. I mean I it was a t- I almost I I was I this close too. to going Mulan. Yeah, I almost did too. Okay. I just I feel mean, like it's this definitely is possible. one of those categories that maybe I'm going with my uh, not as much with my heart. I feel like Mank is probably going to win just because it's a period piece. And if I think you're right, I think, I think Ma Rainey might win. Too. Yeah, you're fair. Like again, it's it's open to almost everyone. I, I haven't seen Pinocchio. I can't vouch. The that, costumes were specific but... in Ma Rainey without it being about the costumes, which it is in Emma. Emma, it is about the costumes. So maybe the tides are mm. turning as far as... You're right. Like, There's also way the more men in Maine winning, you know? than there are women, and we tend to give this award to to uh, films that are dominated with female period piece dresses and stuff, and yeah, it's just more time. They, they just more take more just, time, I would, too. Again, and, and I wouldn't be mad about all three of these. I think uh, Emma, Ma Rennie's, or Mank are probably going to take it. I would yep. be surprised if Mulan won, but I guess it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. That was very colorful... I really enjoyed everyone that was that was just yeah. in that film. Yeah. I mean, again, a <laughs> lot of people are getting free iPad Pros to vote for yeah. Milan. So, and the reason yeah. you can only vote in your category is because if everybody could vote, they would not have nominated Pinocchio. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jesus kudos to Christ. all of the costume designers for nominating that. All right, let's keep it moving. Makeup and hairstyling, pretty similar category, not surprising. So, Emma Hillbilly Elegy. My scroll is out of control. Sorry. No worries. Emma, there we go. Hillbilly Elegy, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Mank, Pinocchio. Ooh, good. Oh yeah. So that was going to be my other vote. So I went alone and I voted. I voted yeah. for Hillbilly Elegy. Dave and Jeff voted for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Were you going to say Dave? Yeah, I mean Hillbilly Elegy is a valid selection. Because as I like, that was my one big thing when we got to the end of the movie and they showed a photo of the actual grandma and the um, like oh the God. the makeup and styling of and, like Glenn uh, Close was amazing. Uh, yeah. Um, and so yeah, that, uh, that was my that will be my second choice. Jesus Christ, who was her daughter? Tell me out. 
in a hillbilly Wait, elegy. Sorry, which, which movie? Amy Adams looked just like her as well. Amy Adams? Uh, but, yeah. but, it, but it wasn't just that they looked exactly like the real yeah. characters. I, again, my Southern roots were just bleeding all over this movie. I knew these people. I, I went to I went to public education <laughs> with these people. I mean, they nailed it. I did not once feel like Hollywood was making a movie version of the people who lived in that area of town who came from that part of the country. I, I, I That's exactly... That is exactly what I felt like I grew up around. So I don't know. But Ma Rainey's is probably going to win, and I'm not upset about right. it. I think it's fucking wonderful. I mm. think it's a lot of this winter has been a lot about one specific person or thing. So um, I'm yeah. thinking I mean, Darkest Hour for Gary Oldman looking like Winston Churchill. I'm thinking of um, the Meryl Streep movie. Yeah. Shit, uh, the Iron Lady one for makeup and hairstyling because of Viola. So, Are you saying that because I think of Viola? Got it specifically for how they made because of that because yeah. You no, know Viola just scal- I mean this with think, as much yeah. of a compliment and respect as possible. That movie smelled. The makeup and hairstyling were so good. I I felt like everything. Mm-hmm. I felt like I could almost yep. smell Viola Davis's could, spunk coming off of that screen, dude. Yeah, you could see the. You can yeah. see the heat no way, in the room. I mean, oh, do I buzz that? that? <laughs> oh, you should. They, and honestly, I bet you they not. They put I can't in, gush it. That'd be when they submit. When they submit, they submitted all the actors sweating. Totally. You know that was that was all practical. That was probably they, they did said, not just crank the room up and I stick said that spunk. place up. I think I'm like, in. I bet you. You know. You know what I mean. You I can tell spunk. how hot that was in there. Above the yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, no, I didn't. I didn't. That's why I asked. I think you're the sweat was everywhere. My radio hillbilly allergy. Yeah. Manx tough in black and white. Uh, nobody saw Pinocchio. And then, yeah, Emma, I don't know. So I think Moving we're on to something there, guys. All right, let's move. Let's move. So now we got the music awards coming up. So song first and then score. You got Fight for You from Judas and the Black Messiah. You got Hear My Voice, The Trial of Chicago 7. You have Husevik, Eurovision Song Contest. EOC, Scene, The Life Ahead. I cannot Ahead. believe that's in there. And Speak Now, <laughs> One Night in Miami. Apparently that, boot, that song is like Dude, sung now it. in Iceland. <laughs> Look what I just All did. Right. I just, I've never heard now. any of these songs. I'm going to be totally honest with my listeners here. I need to, one of them. One of them is um, Diane. Yeah, War, this is her like twelfth. I was going to say how many nominations right this year. So, yeah. I went for Husevik because I just think it's funny. Um, Jeff voted for Speak Now from One Night in Miami. Jeff, who sings that song? Of course, That's Leslie, Leslie Adam Jr. Jr. Leslie Adam Jr. wrote it. Performer. He wrote it and he sings it. And uh, Dave went from uh, EOC scene from The Life of Head. Have you actually heard that song, Dave, or are you just going for it? Okay. <laughs> Maybe one of us. Yeah, me neither. I haven't... Um, <laughs> I've not heard that song. I That's never know what to pick. do. I can't it's it's like when you pick your racehorse based on the like color. I watch the Oscars <laughs> partially so I can finally hear these songs performed because I have never actually heard these songs because they're usually not oh, featured yeah. in the movies that heavily. Um, let, let me uh, while we while we're here, I'm just going to correct the spelling mistake on this on this page. I got something I got something wrong in here too. Okay, so hold on. Academy Awards. How many times? Seriously, how many times have I typed Messiah? You said it wrong. Yeah, doing, I, I corrected yeah, one I know, of them. It, it, I corrected one of them. Yeah. Um, hold you, on. Did you put the A in there? Because I'm pretty no, sure I got no, it right no, every no, time. No, 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 no. Okay. I saw the I saw the red squiggly line underneath that said that it was spelled wrong. Okay. Um. So I, I think I got I think I got something wrong. I think I said Diane Warwick oh, yeah. and I meant Diane Warren. Not the and she same wrote the thing. Life Ahead. Yeah. Diane no, Warren, not. The Life Ahead. Twelfth nomination. I know. Sorry, sorry, sorry. My fault. I knew it as soon as I said it. Buzz Leslie Odom Jr. wrote One Night in Miami. Her H E R wrote Judas and the Black Messiah with other people. Um, 
I think it's gonna be one night in Miami. They've been they've been going with subtler emotional songs, you know, for a while. We've come a long way from my heart That's will go be an on. Interesting one, haven't we? <laughs> Did that even win that year? I don't know. Let's keep going. Yeah, sure, 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 sure. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's keep it going. So, original, original score. That's for the earworm. You got buzzed for the earworm. Oh, original, yeah. ori- original score. You have to five bloods, Mank, Minari, News of the World, and Soul. What if I just went News of the World? I don't even remember the score from News of the World. All right, uh, some votes are in. How? how yeah. I've seen, I don't I know if you guys soul. have seen Soul. Dave, I saw Soul in brother. December. Dave, yeah, take your time. Yeah, Jeff you and I both um, voted for Soul. That is Nine Inch Nails. At, it's going to be Soul. And, uh, well, yeah. and it's also... Uh, John Batiste. John, John Batiste. John Batiste. Now, John mm. Batiste did something brilliant in this, which is part of the reason it's going to win Best Animated Feature, which is they, they recorded his, his hands playing the piano. And they used it so that Jamie Foxx, the character that Jamie Foxx voiced, you could see his hands. And apparently they tried I'm gonna to go out here for you the, know, match. John as much Batiste's as I respect John Batiste and what he did in that movie, I would consider what he did less of the score than what Agnes and, um, damn it, what are their names from? Who writes with, okay. yeah, Trent and, and Atticus Trent Ross. Reznor I think what they did Atticus for Ross. most of the movie, I don't know if anyone remembers, but when Jeff finally saw this movie, he was like, God damn it, I wanted more jazz, but they kill him so early that you're stuck in the soul world for so long. So most of the movie oh, yeah. is scored <laughs> by those two dudes. And uh, right. it's weird. It's I can't believe they made it, that music into a kid's movie, into a Pixar movie. But I thought it worked. Well, it all ha- I mean, it's all influence. All of what he was doing was based on John, mm. John Coltrane's idea of can you use music to transcend into the celestial realms, which is a little heady, but that's basically what the movie's about, and they accomplish it with music. And so you can give Trent and Atticus all the love you want, but I think Batiste set the tone. So anyway, it doesn't matter. They collaborated I'm going really well, full left field with my pick. And Dave is going with Defy Bloods, which Defy Bloods, this is their lone nomination because Delroy Lindo got snubbed as did Spike and anybody else that could have been nominated. So Defy Blood's yep. only nomination winning for score. That would be pretty fucking cool. I did not like that score. I'm yeah. not sure if I disliked it because the, of the sure. I'm not sure if I disliked it because of the sound mm. editing and I just didn't like how they used it or if I thought it was just the way it was produced sounded weird to me. There was a lot of things that just distracted me with it. I know. Yeah. I All thought right. it was appropriate. All right, we're going to fly through these ones because I don't think we've seen these all. International Feature Film, Another Round, Better Days, Collective, The Man Who Sold His Skin, Quo Vadis Aida. We didn't even write down the countries. It's going to be another round. Are we it's all voting for it? We, we saw it. Yeah, I like, kind of prejudice, I mean, but... I mean, to, be, to be clear, Another Round, which is, from, which is from Denmark, directed by Thomas Vinterberg, starring Mads Mikkelsen, it got a Best Director nomination. Yeah, I'm, I'm so down. So I'm going to go ahead and say that it's the front runner in this category because enough people guys, loved it enough to nominate for best director as well as this category. I don't know if you guys can hear, but I'm pretty sure someone's like, I can never hear whenever you mention people in the your apartment. apartment I can never me. hear oh, it, no. but right I believe now? that you hear Yeah, you always <laughs> say that. And... Oh. All right. I don't know what's going on up there, but like, seriously, it's like that sketch on YouTube where they're like, give yeah, the upstairs dude. neighbors oh, so rolling good. fucking bowling balls. It's a good and, sketch. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she's <sighs> rowing her couch across the fucking floor right now. Shout out. So, perfect yeah. for, yeah. Our, yeah. Next, for, perfect right. for our next um, shout out award the is the fucking sound neighbor. award. Thanks. Dave, coming up right now at you. We have uh, five picks. We have Greyhound, Mank, News of the World, Soul, and Sound of Metal. Let's enter our votes. Boom. Dave, 
is holding off. Jeff and I, both Jeff and I, voted for Sound of Metal. I'm still scrolling. I have to scroll. We're just waiting on Dave's vote. Boom. We are a three-way tie here. Sound of Metal. I think we're all in agreement. This is like, yeah, I I don't know. You can't see a movie like this that's about that subject matter without... If they had not fucking nailed the sound design, we would have been a little distracted at the very least. If if not frustrated, or we would have thought it was cheap or a gimmick. And it wasn't. It was super effective. Yeah. They held off as long as possible to use the most effective sound editing techniques, and they did it masterfully. Genius. Dave, you're a sound engineer for a living. What do you think? I do too. I think they nailed it. I mean, I don't do film sound notoriously. Like, I, yeah, I, I, I won't touch film sound. That's a whole other different level. I do live sound. But, yeah, it's the, this film sound is yes. thoughtful. Nice. I think the I think if I'm being honest though, I'm not nice. gonna be shocked if Mank wins this because if anyone who's done a little reading or listening to some podcasts and stuff, they recorded everything mm. uh very specifically. So a lot of it was recorded monotone, More a lot orally, of the voiceover, yeah. a lot of the dialogue is recorded in voiceover on a sound stage to kind of get that giant echoey effect that they used to get in the old recording styles from the golden age. So they did a whole bunch of work to try to get a monotone. Uh, recording sound within that sound stage, kind of echoey effect. I I don't know if it worked for me, but I could see some people giving a technical nod because it was such a weird achievement. Yeah, I mean, right. it was it was. Yeah, I, I mean, it was for totally me, it was necessary, but it was fuck, authentic. But... I still think <laughs> some should get it though. Let's go. All right, animated feature: Onward, Over the Moon, a Sean the Sheep movie, Farmageddon, Soul. And Wolfwalkers, so Pixar notoriously wins it's, every time it's, it's like, nominated. Are they are they still making Sean the Sheep movies? <laughs> right, and it was nominated too. Is that funny? So Wolfwalkers and and um Over the Moon, I've heard pretty good things about. I don't think they were they didn't have as much money. I think Wolfwalkers is. Yeah, I haven't seen any. I've only seen Soul. Let me see. Yeah, no, I I think I mean to be honest, um. Wait, we're on animated I saw it short somewhere. I forget where it's listed. Too far. I still want to see Onward. Creepy, I heard that was like, good. Really That's cool. Disney, right? Okay. I heard it has it's some okay. like Lord of the Rings elements that I would enjoy. Um, I, it's, I mean, it, it's... Hmm. No, it, I mean, it's it's funny as hell. And like Tom Holland and... Pratt. Like, they have... Yeah, Chris but, Pratt. Have a ball doing look, this. Whenever... Nice. Um, I think uh, yeah, Pete Doctor. Whenever he makes up for Pixar, he, he just inside out. He always does something that is very unusual in like the adult subject matter of Soul. I just I don't know. Yeah. I need to see the other ones, but I feel good about my vote for Soul. I just yeah. I just listened to a pod about Pete Doctor, and he's awesome. I'd recommend that. Um, and like, there's so many really? like Kiwi actors in that as well. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's like there's a ton of New Zealanders in that. Whoa! Yeah. Oh, shit. It's it's All like right. New Zealand's getting the Hollywood nice. love lately. Ever since like Deadpool, I am 2. going to I'm going to suggest we that. skip the animated short film because none of us have seen any of these movies. Yeah, Correct. no. One have of those is on I should point out. Um, yeah, there's uh, was it animated? Okay. No, it's uh, short. Short is on Netflix. Um, so yeah, we yeah. Just should skip animated short because we haven't seen any of them. Yeah, I've seen other people uh, make next, but that's not, well, that's not about that's not us. Yeah, I mean, I mi- I miss the festivals. I, was that say, yeah, I used to go to the IFC. I used to go to the IFC to watch the live action them, shorts. I didn't but... do it. Yeah, yeah. IFC's back. IFC's back. Maybe we could have purchased back. a ticket, yeah, yeah, yeah. but let's keep going. Live action short film. All right, we'll keep it. Same deal. 
Feeling through Same. the letter room, the present, two distant strangers, yeah. white eye. Which one did you say was available, Dave? Yeah. Uh, right. Two Distant Strangers is I on Netflix. Watch that at some I, I point. I'm going to um, skip this one yeah, they... because none of us have seen it. <laughs> yep. No, we're skipping. We're, we're skip, Documentary we're skipping short, same thing. Seen. Although I've heard of Colette. Yep. You've heard I of know, Colette? Well, there was a movie recently that was also called Tony Tar, Colette. You've heard no, of No, no, no. no? Okay. But I, All right. Not, documentary I feature. Um, I don't know. Okay. We did not watch yeah. these on our show, but some of us have seen some of these things. I know I saw My Octopus Teacher. Time is on Amazon Prime. Crip Camp is on uh, Netflix. I did not see... I think The Mole Agent is somewhere in mm. Collective, but I haven't seen either of those two. I'm still going to vote... Octopus? For My Octopus Teacher. I don't know about <laughs> you guys. Octopus yeah, I've Teacher... Se- I've, seen, I've seen some clips of that. I'm going to put one in for that, too. Octopus Teacher, I haven't I saw... seen it, but I've seen clips. And... It, it has won other awards. Yeah, I've also yeah. seen Time win other awards. Um, but apparently all of these really are great. Like this isn't, sometimes you can literally Dude, Google who is going to win like documentary feature and the Documentary features are always but worth I watching. Think, <laughs> I, ne- I probably have not seen enough of them, but they are always excellent. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I saw Free Solo three times last year. Yeah, it I'm is, excited so, to sit yeah, down so and like, make my, do make, you know, have a really fun do day or two of just, you know, back-to-back yeah. documentaries. Sometimes they avoid the. Sometimes they avoid really tough, like stuff. Like Seaspiracy wouldn't get nominated for best documentary, for instance. But usually the Oscar nominees right. for documentary feature are definitely worth seeing. That's what I would say. All right, we have three more categories. So the first one before we get into director and picture here is production design. Yeah. So we have the father, which, if you'll remember, he has dementia. We talked about this in our podcast. So they change the look of the apartment depending on whether or not the character thinks he's in his yeah. old apartment, whether he realizes he's in the current apartment, <laughs> or whether he realizes he's in his, let's call it his future nursing home. And sometimes it's from room to room, too. It's, like you, It's so, yeah. so well done. You have Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. So the father, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Mank, News of the World, and Tenant. I'm making my choice. Yeah. All right. Jeff and I have voted. Jeff voted for what? Dave, come on. It's all good. I feel like I just Dave is always last to vote. I can't. I can't. Dead air. Jeff voted. Jeff voted for Mank, and Dave voted for Mank. And you know what, guys? When I made my list ahead of time, I also voted for Mank. But while we were talking leading up to this, I think you mentioned production design earlier, and I was just kind of marinating on it. I. I understand why we all thought Mank is going to win, and I could see Mank winning. It's seamless. It's no, period. They nail it. I never thought about the design once. I love the Randolph Hearst. I love all the shit. But I feel like what they achieved with the father was more unique and more creative than just straight up period production design. But I agree with you, and I think Mank is probably going to win. I just decided to vote for the father. Yeah. Ma Rainey doesn't seem like it would win because it mostly takes place in two rooms, a little bit outside, although it was brilliant what they did. I think News of the mm. World and Tenet also, it's its just not going to happen. So Mank or the Father are probably a pretty good guess. I think this is going to be the lone Mank That would be fine win. with me. Yeah, you're probably right. Unless it wins sound. I could see it winning sound too. Well, 10 but... nominations, but 
It could have been sound. All right, motherfuckers. This is it. If you have been staying with us, we appreciate it. Sorry if we bored you there with a few not quite as captivating above the line uh, picks. But we are moving back and we are going to do two more. We are going to do directing and best picture. You have been hanging on just like we do every fucking Sunday for the Academy Awards. You're just waiting for these last two fucking awards so you can go to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, we made you wait to the end. Uh... There's been some long speeches. By the way, who's Sorry hosting about this that. year? Is anyone, are they doing uh, yep. any kind of... No host. They've stopped no host. doing that. No, no host. Does anyone else no miss host. Billy Crystal? They, they've abandoned hosts. We should say this now, Everyone's, too. Yeah. Of course. Oh, hell yeah. Of course. So here's... Who, who doesn't miss Billy Crystal? I, 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 I read suck. a prediction. Me too. Let's all sorry, drink I'm gushing Billy myself just for Billy Crystal. Yeah. Like, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there is... It is a for certainty... That this is going to be the lowest rated decades, Oscars dude. in decades. That's that I've read every all these reviews about that, and it's mostly because most people haven't seen all the movies because some of them are available for streaming. But it all happened so late, and it all happened so fast, and they lost a lot of the mm. collectivism. They were really and, holding uh, out on being able to do this live, like so. Even though people can watch anything yeah. at home, you know, Netflix, Amazon Prime, like there's so many TV shows. It's just this is this is a weird year for the Oscars. So I have a feeling a lot of people are going to tune in to see who won. So therefore, I don't think we need a host because a host, if it was live, could be really entertaining and drive mm. some viewership. But since I mean, it's not going to be live. Multiple, like the thing is, if you bounce from presenter to presenter, it's like we're waffling and really just holding up on yeah. picking Guys, I've been wanting, this I've been right wanting now. to bring this up yeah. to you as <laughs> well because really I'm not, not sure if you want to address it. And I think we should do it now as opposed to the very end. Bill Maher did a new rule last week that is getting a lot of traction on the socials. Yeah. Okay, so it's about I the Debbies, the Debbie Downers. He's, he was basically went on a rant saying the Oscars makes sad movies, and especially now with all the, he, he, you know, yeah. The Oscars I mean, make you know, sad movies. Mm, they don't make any movies, exactly. by the way. <laughs> yeah, so I think yeah, he was saying, uh, like, he wants to come back to the movies, you know, give us something to root for. And uh, he started, he, he was trying to be very specific uh, regarding in terms of inclusivity and cancel culture and just talking about you're so woke. His, the last line of his new rule was, if you're so woke, then why am I so asleep? And he was basically saying, it's, you know, it's hard to stay awake for these. I like Bill Maher. I'm a fan. Yeah. You're so, as, you're so asleep aside from the because fact, you're an angry aside old from the fact fucking that Bill man. Bill Maher is turning into a crankier, older version of himself. I, I do think that, you know, Oscars are He's one of the few times here. of year when we're yeah. not expecting escapism to, to take home all the awards. That's what blockbuster seasons are for. And we love them for that. So I do think that these movies, although maybe they were difficult for some people to watch during a very emotional year, I still feel like I got a lot. I thought this was a good Oscar season. I was very happy about it. Yeah, it's like, I'm sorry that the theaters were closed and the studios didn't. They held off on all this stuff because they wanted to recoup their profits, which is what they're all about. And suddenly we got some good fucking indie cinema. And you're great indie cinema, dude. I think we got great indie cinema. I don't think... I really don't think Min- Minari was slow for sure, but I don't think Not it was as all. sad as people are saying. And I also no. don't think that I don't think Minari. You was said as Minari sad twice. Like what were you talking about? I think it was that? beautiful. Um, what was the first? No man. Sorry, sorry. Um, sorry. Yeah. No Madland. No Madland. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it was touching. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't up to the <laughs> Promising Young Women, Nothing Sad. So the whole Debbie Downer thing. I mean, Judas and Black Messiah is a fantastic title. That was really like a gut punch. Like it was really. A crazy movie one night in miami like i don't see these movies being as down as he did i, I yeah. have a feeling he didn't oh, see all these movies I, I, yeah, I really bill, uh, I really bill i'm sorry yeah. i'm sorry we and made I'm you feel something up. yeah 
Another yeah. round is nominated for best director. Like, come on. And <laughs> drama no is harder. I'm just going to go back. Every time people have this conversation about like the comedy versus drama or the yeah. uplifting versus the intense and sad, it reminds me of this interview that De Niro gave. I, I think it may have been actor studio where they were like, what's harder comedy or drama? We hear people talk about this all the time. And, and do you have their, you have an opinion. You're like a master. And he's like, and De Niro was like, look, it was way easier to go in and yell at uh, Billy Crystal than it, than it is to go in and do an, a, a dramatic, you know, performance over and over and over again. It's way more, you know, way more tiring to do that kind of thing. So sorry, folks, but there, I think there's a reason why drama rises to the top in the Oscar season. Mm. I think it's way more difficult to get people to sit still for two hours and be emotionally affected by a story. And sorry, I didn't yeah. bond it at all. This year and last year, I thought were two great years, or 2019. Okay. Yep. That, and that's Billy. two Billy Crystal references in the one episode. So nice. I'm on board. All right, yeah. let's, let's keep it rolling here. So we got yeah. directing. I'm with you, John. We, okay, directing. Are we? So we have right, another round. Are going to pick against Mank, that or what? Minari, Nomadland, yeah. and Promising Young Woman. And all three of us know what the fuck is up because Chloe Zhao is going to win for Nomadland. Like yeah. she's going to win. She should win. Yeah, it's not just win. political. Yeah. She should win. That form thing I was talking about, she made a fresh new movie that Americans have maybe never seen before. And I just yeah, get out of the way. Give that woman what she's mm. due. I think it's I, I think it's gonna age well too. Sometimes Oscar movies don't age yeah. well. Obviously, Green Book is never gonna age well, and it's gonna be it's kind of a weird asterisk on a year. I, I'm not no, saying it was right. a terrible movie if you if you hated it. I'm not <laughs> saying it was a great movie. It's just it's weird that that is. And I, I'm even La La Land and Moonlight. I'm almost I'm just, happy I'm that they're nice. tied together because it's like what an interesting year that you had like the privilege of a La La Land movie mixed with the importance of a Moonlight movie in the same year. This is a good this is, this is a movie that i think in a year or two or three or four not shitting on amazon letting the character do whatever that whatever she wanted not worrying about the circumstances yeah, okay. i like, really like, think i noticed i noticed we're now on 20 minutes dude, in, so dude, i'm gonna bring dude, up the go amazon on. thing like this happened in the la times recently um they they brought up the fact like someone was ranting that nomadland glossed over how difficult and how hard it is to work with Amazon. And I know like Amazon has some, they had some pay disputes. They had a union vote that went through recently, that sort of thing. Okay, cool. That's not what this film is about. That is a minor subset of this film. She goes to work for Amazon as part of the nomad thing. And it's like, I'm sorry, your film doesn't have to accomplish everything. And I'm almost a hundred percent sure this is a fucking smear campaign that was started by a rival studio who wants their picture to get more votes than they do. And I'm sorry, to stop doing that shit. If you stop saw, using the media absolutely. To, to do that. If you saw this movie mm. and you think the hardest thing in her life was the Christmas season at Amazon, go fuck yourself. Because yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. you didn't watch the rest of the fucking okay, movie. We, we, we get it. Any, anyone who is like, we're, it's okay. We're all woke. We know what Amazon's doing. Yeah. And but these these are like this also didn't take anything, place yesterday. This took place in 2011 or 13. Or yeah, whatever. these are these are people right, who right. have lost everything and are living on the road, and they go and do Amazon seasonal work so they can fucking eat. Yeah, yeah. It just doesn't have so, anything you know, to do. It's, with it. it's, it's just kind of a double edged sword. It's easy to this, sit in your nice you know mansion or whatever and go, yeah, oh Amazon's bad. This movie's already aging well because if you follow quote unquote left wing media, you would have assumed that that. Amazon vote to unionize that you just mentioned would have been an overwhelming, crazy success. 
It did not go through. More people voted to not unionize. So I don't think it, we yeah. understand not only Amazon and how it works in society, but their own employees. Now, I'm not saying that they're voting in their best self-interest or worst self-interest. I'm not well, saying I was... understand everything about unionization or Amazon's practices. But apparently a lot of workers are willing to continue working there under these circumstances. It's not I mean, us, up to us to litigate They've it. got a 15, million, like a 15 minimum wage at the moment. And it, it's like... I, I, in seeing this film, as in Nomadland, I understand why that vote might have failed because there are a lot of people that depend yeah. mm-hmm. on that would- that work, and there are a lot of like you know things that come with union membership that would like you've got you Jews, you've got all that sort of thing, and yeah. maybe they're not prepared to part with. But that more importantly, I, right but now. more importantly, I agree with you that it's not about. That's not what this movie right. is about, dude. I would like, tax the, what it's about. I would tax the fuck out of Amazon, by the way. Sure. But this character, <laughs> it's not my movie. It's this yeah. character's movie. Yeah. And that is such a tiny like, little sliver of her life. To, to bring that up and throw that out as a like an LA Times article, yeah. it's just like, th- seriously, that's just trying to influence the I agree. Vibe. And fuck here's you. the way you solve that. Here's the way you solve that. If Amazon did get unionized, I don't think that would have changed this woman's story. I think she would have gone in yeah. and out of the union and kept traveling in her van. So who gives a fuck? They would still take on well, seasonal part-time workers. Even big picture. Were... Big picture. I yeah. do want to give it up. Uh, every now and then a art house, smart house, independent film breaks through into the zeitgeist and like claims it's, you know, all of its awards. And I think this is one of those times, which is why I do agree, Jeff. I think this is probably hmm. going to be timeless. I feel like just the, what she achieved yeah. as like, a film is and, so I mean, as, as anyone who's made a film known, it like knows you can't cover every single issue in the world in a film. You're supposed to. And <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's like the, you've, you've got the story you're trying to tell. And if you don't tell that story and someone comes out and criticizes you about it in the LA Times, it's like, you know what? Which is great. That's why you, we started you, this fucking podcast. You like, missed the point. Just because you didn't yeah. like something doesn't mean there's not something to more appreciate yep. more. That's not what just, this movie yeah, was about. It's, <laughs> that falls down to, it almost falls down to Toxic Phantom. It's just because it didn't do what you wanted it to do. Exactly. You're going to go on the media and bag the shit out of it. It's, so we no, are three right. people who probably think Amazon should be unionized who don't give a fuck about this particular debate. Agreed. <laughs> right? Yep. Yeah. All right. Let's do it then. Let's While we're talking about this, let's move over to Best Picture. You have oh, The Father, Judas shit. and the Black Messiah. The big one. The Best Mank, Picture. Minari. The no one Man I had Land, to expand this screen for. Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, Trial of Chicago 7. I've already put my vote in. We should also shout out really quick the directors since we got up on our tangent. Thomas Vinterberg for another round. Uh, David Fincher for Mank, who has never won. He's not in the club, but it looks like this is not going to be his year. Minari of Lee Isaac Chung, Nomadland, Chloe Zhao, and Promising Young Woman is Emerald Fennel, who is very young. So I can very easily see that becoming one of those. What what, what are you going to do next movies? So... Maybe she'll get the screenplay, though. Who knows? All right, people. Back to Best Picture. Uh-oh. We have John, voted. There's no way. John, there's uh, no way that's, no that's going to happen. I think you're right, but I decided <laughs> I decided to go with my heart, not with what I think is going to win. Uh, Dave and Jeff voted for Nomadland, which I do think is probably going to win. I voted for Sound of Metal. So did you guys... I'm mean, just curious, though. Did you, go, did you go with your heart, or do you th- did you go with what you think is going to win? No, I really appreciated Nomadland as a film. Okay. I'm okay but with... But, like... Yeah. For all the things we've watched, and we have watched everything in this list, yep, that is that is the one that resonated with me the most. Nice, dude. Good. Yeah, yeah I'm glad you feel that way. I 
I, I again, I'll say it, it's going to age really well because it is staying with me, even though I think I, I went out to bat for people that would find it a little underwhelming at first when I went on the podcast. I definitely said we shouldn't gush about this because there's going to be people who find it a little boring at first. I think it's going to age really well. And I think people are going to appreciate it more over time. Um, my favorite movies of the year were Sound of Metal and Minari. Yeah. But I think Minari does have a shot. I do too. Things could happen. Momentum could come out of nowhere. Yeah. I don't think Sound of Metal has a shot, but I, I appreciate your choice, John. Do you want to defend it? I do want to defend it only because for me, every single year when I go into the Oscar season, I'm waiting to have a very specific feeling. And I am usually right. When I will walk out of a theater and I'll be like, that gave me the chills that the best picture usually gives me. I felt it with Moonlight. I felt it with there, you know, so many, so many excellent films over the years. Um, I'm not saying I didn't get the feelings from Minori and Nomad Land. I definitely did. Like I was, I was very aware I was watching a masterpiece for both of those movies. But Sound of Metal lingered with me. It gave me those feelings, and it lingered yeah. the longest. I can't stop thinking okay. about the ending you. of that movie. Same. So I don't know. I think it's the most understated film of the year because of what it's about. Literally, because they don't talk very much in that movie, and yet right. I feel like cinematically, it might be my favorite emotional achievement. Even though I think you're probably right, I think Nomadland is probably going to win, which is cool, which is great. Good for them. Hmm. I mean, Sentimental could also, like, it, it is the epitome of show I don't tell. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, quite literal. It's, it's, yeah. Quite literal. <laughs> but it's, it's also, like, as I said, I watched it with the subtitles on. So, and the subtitles leave out the parts he can't hear. Right. Yes, correct. Which I, did, is I did that the second time I watched it. It's like um, if you if you want to experience this film in full, learn ASL. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. We've shouted we've shouted yeah. out Riz a couple times and Paul Racy, but Paul Racy wanted to become an actor because his parents, who were both deaf, would ask him to sign old TV shows so he would get up and act out the TV shows for his parents while he would sign for them. Like, tell me that isn't a good story that has now led to an Oscar nomination for one of the most powerful performances in the most subtle way of the year. Yeah. yeah. Jesus Christ. No, yeah, no, yeah. that's... Yeah. That's why I picked him. Well, regardless, right. I think, once again, just to echo what we were just talking about, I think all these movies are definitely worth watching. There's, I mean, I really enjoyed yeah. this year. I'm glad we did this. I'm glad we did this whole segment. I think it's fun. I don't think anybody, any of these movies would, like, frustrate me if one of them won over the other. I'm just happy they still made some good movies that came out in 20 fucking 20 jesus christ i think i disagree with that i think but maybe like half of them i'd be pretty happy if they won you know the ones that the ones that we the ones that we think are in contention for each award yeah i don't think any of them would upset yeah yeah how about that all right people well we're gonna save this and look back and see how well we we did oh for sure thank you so much for sticking with us thank you don't get them Please at least pay attention to who wins and stuff. I know not everybody's tuning in every Sunday night to watch award shows, but it could be fun. I, th- I do think this is going to be a good representation of this year, ultimately, having seen all the films that we saw. Uh, and that's it. That's all I have to say. Anybody yeah. else? Stay tuned. I mean, we'll probably end up giving some kind of talk back a little bit on some of these awards just to give our final thoughts. Yeah. But I feel like this is our longest show without a I break. This was the longest show without oh, a break. Oh, yeah. That means I have yeah. to be. Also, stay tuned. We're not announcing yeah. it yet because we're brainstorming, but we are going to be coming back with uh, some kind of fresh new segment. It might be a little bit of some of some, something we've done in the past, or it might be brand new, but stay tuned for more. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next yep. time. Jesus. All right, friends. Bye.